Thank you for tuning in. This is Choices to Consequences podcast. My name's Click. I'm your host. So let's get straight into it. I'm going to discuss C2 and what C2 is. Uh, fill you in and let you know. I'm going to be referring to it a lot in this podcast. Uh, it's a three and a half year course. I'm eight months in. So let's get on with it. I'm currently on a course called the C2 course, which is Choices and Consequences. So I, I stole the name from there. It's a uh, a course, a rehabilitation course, uh, run by the police uh, in conjunction with probation and uh, drug and alcohol services (CGL) Change Growth Live. I've been on it for about eight, 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 nine months now. So these are the things that you've got to do when you're on the course. You've got to get drug tested three times a week. Uh, on top of that, you have to do a monthly review once a month at Crown Court. You've got a GPS tag and a uh, curfew tag. So my GPS tag, obviously, you know, they monitor everywhere you go. And uh, the curfew tag is I can't leave where I am in the hostel from eight, uh, seven in the mo- seven in the evening till eight in the morning. I've got to be indoors. It's going great. It's going really good at the moment. I'm really enjoying it. And you know what? It's the best thing I could have done. Look. I was arrested January the 13th, Friday. Uh, police raided my house and caught me with uh, five ounces, five and a half ounces of crack. And uh, I was in custody and an officer, Dave, I'll just call him Officer Dave, uh, came up to me and said, look, C2 course, I knew about the C2 course. I knew what it done. I knew what it was about, roughly. Uh, and he said, look, I think it'll be a good move for you because you're doing crime to support a habit, to fund a habit, and that's who the C2 course is catered for. So if you're out uh, committing burglaries, uh, shoplifting, like in bulk, loads of shopliftings, or carrying offensive weapons, or basically any sort of trigger offence, any sort of offence to support your habit. And uh, that's what I was doing. I was supplying uh, crack cocaine and heroin uh, to support my habit. It's not like I made money. I mean, I made a bit of money out of it, not much. Everything I made, I stuck back on the pipe. Uh, Yeah, habit went through the roof. Uh, My lifestyle was just getting absolutely chaotic. You know, up for days on end, uh, burning off like a half ounce uh, of white and like an eight for B a day, uh, not caring. Honestly, sometimes I would sit there for so long, my ankles would swell up. I would sit there in one position, piping away, boom, 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 and my ankles would swell up. First I'd go numb, because I've sat there for so long, and then they would swell up. That's how bad it got. Uh, And I'm so glad that they gave me the opportunity to come on this course. Like I said, you've got to do, uh, you've got to check in with probation once a week. You've got to check in with the drug and alcohol service once a week. You've got to do any courses probation tell you to do. You've got to do community service, which is like unpaid work. I think I've got 200 hours to do. I mean, you've got a few years to get it done, but it's still something that I've got to do. And on top of that, I've got to go to like, you know, think first courses, thinking skill courses, uh, how to manage money and those sorts of things. Uh, Listen, it was either sit in a jail cell for, look, five ounces of crack. Look, I'm looking at five or seven years. Of course I am. It's either sit in a jail cell for that and come out exactly the same because let's be honest 
you don't learn anything sitting in sitting in fucking uh, a jail cell. You 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 learn nothing. Uh, all you do is put on loads of weight and stuff your face, uh, and that's about it. And you're gonna I'd come out exactly the same. I'm not gonna tackle my addiction. And don't forget, I was an addict for 28 years. I mean, I'm still an addict. Don't get me wrong, but I was using daily for 28 years. That is a lifetime. Uh, yeah, I, I burnt all my bridges, uh, bucked up my relationship with my wife, with my kids. Uh, I mean, obviously, I'll repair that as time goes on when I'm a bit more confident and in a better place. But uh, yeah, man, this course is for people who are committing crime to fund the habit. C2 is definitely catered for you. The judge who uh, overlooks everything, Judge Woods, lovely woman absolutely brilliant uh, and all the officers involved are excellent so we've got George Mr. Mr. George Bagnall we've got Rianne and we've got uh, uh, the OG Mr. David Riggs <laughs> uh, yeah man really nice really nice officers and I'm probably going to get it in the neck from criminals saying oh, how can you talk about the police like that but look the police helped me get my life together is that a bad thing? I mean, we all sit there and slate the police. They're this, they're that, they're this, they're that. Even my friends, or so-called friends, when I was in jail, uh, on remand, they were saying to me, click, you're going to go out there, you're going to start smoking straight away. You've given them all these TICs, which are taken into consideration. Basically, you've got to admit all the crimes you've done. You're going to tell them all this, you're going to F up, and you're going to be back to square one. Uh, and I'm so glad... I haven't. Uh, I'm not out the woods yet, but uh, it's going really, really good. Uh, I give it my all. I honestly do, uh, and I enjoy it. Believe it or not, I enjoy it. And it's only when you get clean you can actually uh, appreciate these sorts, these sorts of things. Uh, when you're still dabbling in using, you don't really get the benefit for these courses and uh, the counselling and the one-to-ones and you don't benefit when you're using it's just a lie you just want to get out of that room and get smoking again you just want to tick the box that I've turned up I've done this and you're out the door but you don't benefit from it but uh, I can honestly say absolute great team so that's Nikki at uh, the drugs place uh, CGL that's uh, Lizzie at probation and uh, all the officers that are involved and obviously Judge Woods what a brilliant team around me and they're really supportive and they're really really helpful uh, any problems you can you can say look I'm struggling or I'm doing well or anything you need to bring up with them they're there and uh, yeah man it's going really good and I'm so happy so happy I was given the opportunity to do it so yeah it's a three and a half year course uh, and it's a lot of work it's a lot of work like I said the drug testing the mandatory drug testing the the curfew tag the gps tag i've got my ankles and uh yeah it's going really good and i'm so happy i'm doing it i just had a conversation with uh, dave uh who's my uh key officer on the c2 course uh like i said i mentioned before i've known him for like honestly 15 18 years i've known him for uh and you know what he's that copper that you say oh he's safe 
everyone's got one of them everyone talks about them oh you know what coppers are uh you know i don't want to swear but coppers are wankers but he's all right it's just a stupid criminal mind and that's how they think but uh i've changed my mind about them uh i'm not saying i'm in love with them but uh they they have helped me sort my life out and i can't take that away from them come on uh you've got to give credit where credit's due uh yeah so i'm just talking a bit about my early years i was uh it was m my sister me my brother and then a little sister so two boys two girls uh none of them are crimers they're all legit hard workers uh all kakaboo all done well uh i went to beaumont school then went to St Albans College. I've got A-levels, A Human Biology and uh, Maths, Pure and Statistics. Uh, and then, obviously, while I was doing those A-levels, I was dabbling in uh, selling puff. Then days it was hash. Uh, I was selling a lot of it, actually. I was doing all right. Uh, but as you know, I got introduced to hard drugs at 17. And then... Uh, all the money I was making, boom, just went on the pipe. It was horrible. But uh, like I said, we'll get into that as the episodes go on. Uh, yeah, my, my sister, hard worker, my brother, hard worker, my dad. He was an industrial chemist. He worked for Polyzell. Then he worked for ICI Deluxe Paints. Uh, he used to go all over the world. He used to travel the world, uh, taking the formulas, making formulas up for paints, strippers, solutions, that sort of stuff uh yeah hard worker decent guy he was the president of the mosque saint albans mosque for years uh my grandma actually lived next door to us in St albans we were 118 and they were 120 same road uh yeah he's got a big quite a big family in st albans but i i don't speak to them hardly any of them i'm like the black sheep uh yeah had an arranged marriage at 24 my addiction was my wife it's so sad to say but my addiction was my wife uh my addiction the drug was my child uh i was having an affair it's like it's like having an affair uh, it takes your money it takes your time you lie for it you steal for it you cheat for it and it takes over your life so it is honestly being addicted to hard drugs is like having an affair uh ruin that marriage totally uh, whether it's my fault or drugs faults or the uh, wife's fault you know it just gets put down to drugs uh, we didn't get on from day one and it, I, it's my bad I should have tried harder uh, of course I miss my kids of course I do but uh, you've got to be a bit selfish in recovery and uh, I can't really you know I, there's nothing really I can do about it I mean they're 18 plus now uh, my friends see them often so it's not that I just don't care. I do ask about them. Uh, you know, have you seen him? Yeah, I saw him at the mosque. I saw him here. I saw him there. They're doing really well. They, you know, they they don't mess about. They're straight heads, and I'd love to see him. I'll tell you one thing though. I saw my oldest son. This is going back about four years at a wedding because obviously we all get invited to the same weddings because we're all family. And you know what? It was so awkward when I sat with my boy. My mum called him over and said, "Sit down." And then she called me and goes talk to him and i swear to you it, i was so nervous talking to my own child wow uh, i didn't know what to say 
it was so awkward. I tried to keep it, well, I did keep it civil. It was like this. How's your mum? How's school? Are you doing all right? How's your little brother? Everything all right? That's how I was talking to him. Uh, like a teacher would talk to a student. Uh, it was so awkward and I felt so bad. I really did. But uh, like I was saying, people who have deep addictions, and I'm not talking about someone who just dabbles here and there. I'm talking about people who have deep, deep, proper addictions. They will understand that, you know what? It takes over your life. It is everything to you. That drug means the world to you. Uh, the things I've done to get money, uh, like I said, it, it just takes takes over your life destroys your life uh you, you don't care about anything and that was 17 i started that crack cocaine going on to 18 19 20 bam 21 get introduced to heroin oh my god what the fuck? uh so i've got the white devil and the brown devil uh in my hand and now the journey just takes a huge turn because now I'm addicted to heroin. Different ball game altogether. Crack, yeah, you have a party, you have a nice night. Uh, you smoke it constantly, whatever you do, you do. But the next day or two days after, you're not clucking, you're not ill. Heroin now, oh my Lord, you have to have that. That drug there, you have to have that. Uh, I used to smoke it in joints. Watch this one. I used to smoke heroin in joints, yeah? Now, we were out, I was living in Hatfield on my own. Uh, we were out, me and two other guys, we were out. One of them's died. In fact, I think they're both dead. Oh God, uh, God bless their souls. But uh, we were out all day grafting. All day we were out grafting, we couldn't make a penny. And then right towards the end, like, you know, when it's getting too much, we're clucking like mad. Boom, we make a score, which is 20 quid. Forget the crack, we, we need brown, we're ill. But there's three of us, and uh, they're going to be click. Look, we give you a spliff. That's like half the bag gone, and we've got to share the other half. It's not going to sort us out. It's not going to get the monkey off our back. That's what we say uh, when we're withdrawing. That's what we say. Get the monkey off the back. So do you know what? They used to inject it, and I always swore I would never ever do that. And then he goes, click. Just let me draw the whole thing up and we will divvy up the brown liquid. And I was like that, will it get rid of my, I've never done injections before, come on man, this is a new world to me. Uh, they're all used to it, getting the citric, getting the cup out, they, they, they're, they're involved. Me, I'm like that, oh my Lord. Uh, I turned my head, I stuck my arm out, and he went, boom. And you know what? Whoo, what a feeling. I was like, wow, euphoria, that, that, that warmth that goes up the back of your neck when you're injecting and people who inject and it's not to brag believe me it's not to brag but you have to understand that feeling you get there you feel so secure so confident you're warm uh you can taste it on the back of your throat like you know like people who sniff cocaine they get the drip and they get that back of the throat drip with the brown when you're injecting it it's not so much a drip but you get a, like a dry taste at the back of your mouth you get that and then your hairs stand up and you know yes I'm involved and uh, that's what happened and then you know you, 
you lot could write the rest of the story once I tasted the brown in the in the in the part in the injection and the crack. And then when I started mixing both of them, uh, speedballing, fucking hell, that was a, what am I doing? Honestly, I didn't care about how I looked. I didn't care about family, fuck family, kids, what kids, wife, what are you on about? A job, shut up. Uh, do you see your mum, bollocks? Are you not going to change your clothes? Clothes, fuck that, honey, brown and crack. You're going to wash your face, bollocks, I ain't washing nothing. You go so downhill that you can... You can honestly, you know, like people say, "Oh, look at them junkies." That's why it's not so much the drug that ruins you. What it is is it's the care that comes along with it. Number one, you're up funny hours, grafting, walking about. You're in the same clothes. You don't change your clothes. You don't wash. You don't eat. You don't get no sleep. You don't rest. So you think about that. Even if you took the drug out of the equation, all of those factors there—sleep, food, uh, hygiene, health. All of that goes down downhill. So even if you didn't have drugs, you still look like you still look like a junkie. Uh, yeah, and that was those are my early years of how it went down, uh, how the introduction to those drugs happened. And the little crew I used to hang about with, uh, they were all crack smokers, like heavy crack smokers. We didn't bother with twenties and tens. We 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 went in. So anyway, we're, we're, we're heavy crack smokers, but when I brought the brown around, uh, that was my sin, I brought the brown around them. And uh, yeah, the, the, the dynamics of the little smoking crew changed dramatically. Uh, do you know what, I've got to be honest though, sometimes when I, when I, when I talk about my addiction, sometimes I, I, I smile to myself, uh, or I'll laugh to myself. And it's not I'm laughing at people with addiction, it's not that, believe me, it's not that. I laugh because the things I used to do to get money and how we used to act, uh, it's comical, it really is comical. I mean, it's serious, don't get me wrong, because uh, the first crimes I'd done, I'll tell you the first crime, the first serious crime I'd done, I'll tell you what it was. It was, uh, how old was I? I was 1920, and then when I went to uh, I went to court, and when I went to jail, I would just turn 21, so I just missed the YP jails. My first case was a conspiracy to defraud the London clearing banks. Boom! That was my first ever charge. I got two years for fraud. Uh, it was hundreds of grams, uh, something like 100. I remember because it, it was a 187. I remember that number. It was 187 offences. Uh, so it's basically credit card fraud on a big scale. Uh, the charge sounds posh, but if you break it down, that's what it is. Uh, and that's what I was doing to support my habit. I was getting ridiculous money. What I would do is... Uh, disclaimer, by the way. Uh, I've, I've been to jail for this, so it's cool. I would take four or five taxi drivers, because I used to work in a taxi base. No names given. I used to take four or five taxi drivers take them to the petrol station and say to all of them fill up your tanks they would all fill up their tanks and then i would say do you want fully synthetic oil believe me and like four out of five would probably say yeah because that was 30 pound and i'd get 15 quid straight for it on top of the petrol their tanks would take 60 quid because it's going back a while i would get 30 pounds straight 
So one hit on the driveway on the petrol station, five cars, that was £30 a piece, that was 150 quid, fully synthetic oil, and if they wanted tubes of fags, I would do that. Each card I could hit for 75 quid. So I had about six, seven of them. I know exactly what I was doing. And then I'd do that, I'd get the money off them, blah, 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 blah. I knew the guy behind the jump. Uh, in the end, he grasped me up, believe it or not. I read the statement with my own eyes. Uh, but I understand you had to do that because I was hammering it. This was a daily, daily thing. Uh, it got to a stage where the drivers would be ringing me, going, I'm working tomorrow night, I need some juice. Where are you? Oh, okay, I'm coming to get you. It got like that. Uh, all the petrol stations, so you think about it, all them petrol stations, 187 offences that they knew about uh, on those cards. And there was other cards, and I used to get them from people that would break into cars and this is something I will tell you old petrol stations back then the credit cards if they were stolen they would still work uh, because petrol stations back then it's not now all internet linked up wireless tapping and all that back then it was swipe and sign so it weren't a pin number thing so what I would do is the old cards I just discovered they worked I thought hey how come they work because they would actually have a, a bit of paper with a they called it a hot list and stolen cards that have been used in that petrol station would be handwritten on a bit of paper. So if they suspected the card, they would have to get the A4 sheet out and match up the number. They wouldn't bother with doing that because the card still went through because they would pull through to the bank at night time. So imagine it like this. People that go in with the, with the cards non-stop, boom, boom, boom. Instead of dialing through to the bank on every transaction, which is what they do now, what it would do, it would basically save it on a hard drive. And then at midnight, that hard drive would send it all over to the bank. It was non-stop. It was like dial. Do you not remember, people? You swipe a card and you'd hear a noise. Like the old internet starting up. Beep, beep. That's how it was. So uh, you could use the card non-stop. And that's what I was doing. Uh, what a result, eh? But uh, yeah, so every day, hundreds of pounds straight in the car and we would go to Hendon to see a certain person and we would get 16ths uh, 120 a team 120 a team 120 a team and then the guy started doing noughties which is 40 quid which is roughly about 0.6 but obviously back in the 90s crack was crack uh, and people don't know this but the reason the crack was different back then is because the cocaine they used ether in the 90s they used ether in the cleaning process of cocaine now ether is like on a ban watch substance list so the cartels they use other stuff instead of the ether but the coke doesn't come out as good uh people don't realize oh why has it changed that's why it's changed because they don't use ether anymore they use other chemicals uh so back then when they used an ether the coke was so good uh the crack was so good it was so strong so sweet uh when you smoked a spliff it would smell like oh gosh what is that and I remember people in clubs used to smoke spliffs uh, and, and we'd smoke cocaine spliffs and we'd think, why is our coke not smelling like their coke? Fucking hell, their coke is the most lovely because it weren't coke, it was crack spliffs. Uh, and our coke was like, oh, what's all this shit? The spliff wouldn't even light properly. You'd load it up in the club, all out your head on pills, dropping big lumps of coke in there and trying to wrap it up and it's just falling everywhere. <laughs> Getting soaked with your drink in your hand and fuck, oh, mate, comical. This is what I mean, comical. 
yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm rambling on and I'm talking a bit now, but do you know what? This is the first time I've talked about this uh, properly. And uh, I'm staring at the screen as I speak. And it's like I'm talking to a person. Uh, I've never spoke about this in depth like I'm talking about it now. And it feels good to get it out. Honestly, it feels good to talk about it because I never have. Even though I've been in and out of jail and I spoke to counselors, I've had counseling, I've had probations and the one-on-ones, I've, I've had that. But I've never talked about it like this. Uh, yeah, so we'll talk about these things in the later episodes. But uh, yeah, this is this is basically how I started, what I got into, how I was funding it. And all this time, my uh, I feel bad for saying this, but I remember my dad saying to me, what are you doing? Because I would work here and there, and I'd work long hours, but I'd never have no money at the end of the month, because I'd get paid on the Friday, let's say eight, £800 to a grand, full-time working, like supermarkets, things like that. Boom, by Sunday, I'd be saying, Mum, give us a tenner. Uh, and I remember my dad saying to me, what are you doing with all your money? And I'd say, I'm gambling, Dad. I never admitted I had a drug habit. I'd say, Dad, I'm gambling. And he would say, stop gambling, son, stop gambling. Uh, shit, man, that's bringing back some memories, man. I sh- oh, what? My- oh, man. I remember, oh, shit. I remember my dad crying, man, and saying to me, son, stop, please stop gambling, please stop. I never told him it was a drug habit. And back in the 90s, you know, being an Asian, growing up, it was taboo. It just got swept under the carpet. Drugs? No, my son don't do drugs. Drugs? What's drugs? Boom, under the carpet. Uh, I remember he beat the shit out of me for smoking fags. Uh, I remember he got up and smashed me up uh, for smoking fags. Uh, Wow. So I wouldn't even dare mention crack. I don't think he even knew what crack was, even though he's an industrial chemist. Uh, I remember once, uh, because he's an industrial chemist, he knows things. I said to him, Dad, can I have the formula for ecstasy? And he beat the shit out of me. <laughs> I remember clear as day, I was by the shed and I said, Dad, you, you're a chemist, you know about things. Uh, MDMA, that was it. I said, Dad, can I have the formula for MDMA? Boom, smash. Shut up. Whap. <laughs> uh, yeah, man, what a journey, what a life. Uh, thank you lot for listening. Be patient with me because uh, I'm new to this. So, uh yeah just be patient with me and understand what i'm talking about it may be a bit here and there a bit rustic and a bit au naturel but uh yeah bear with me uh i'll clean them up they'll get a bit more better but uh this is raw and this is what it is uh thank you for listening my name's click and uh welcome to my podcast choices to consequences uh keep tuned in keep listening support me and big up